Amen. Thank you for joining us uh, this glorious Sunday of uh, May 3rd, 2020. Can you believe this is already May, month of May? Uh, wherever you are, can you all stand and uh, uh, receive the word? It's going to be only one passage, one verse. Uh, Proverbs 25, verse 28. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. This is what we may be seated. I titled my message, Be Free from Fearing People. As we go through COVID-19, we do have uh, fear, lots of fear, tremendous fears. And that's why I've been trying to share with you our fears and God's attributes. Uh, I don't know if you can remember, first week I, I share uh, that we have a fear of being isolated. What if, we, what if we get infected by virus and die alone? And uh, the fear can permeate to us, but uh, God is one who is with us all the time. He is an omnipresent God. That's his nature. That's his character. God is with us. Those of us who profess our faith to the Lord, he is with us no matter what, wherever we go. And I share with you, we have a fear of unknown future. What's going to happen? You know, we talk about post-COVID-19 these days a lot. What's going to happen to our future? We may have fear of the future. But uh, as I share, God knows everything. He's omniscient God. God knows about your future. Not only that, He is holding your future. Isn't that very encouraging? He knows your future and he's holding your future. I love that song, because he lives. <coughs> I cannot sing like Janet, but I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I know. What's the next phrase? He holds the future. Yes, he holds the future. Therefore, we don't have to worry. We don't have to have fear about our future. He knows our future and he's Holding our future. And I talked about uh, we have fear of finances. Since many of us are not working at present moment, we do have worry about, fear about our finances. But God is a provider, right? He provides for our needs. Not for our greed, but God is providing all of your needs, right, in Christ Jesus. And last week, I shared about a fear of losing control. since we are living in very different lifestyle now, right now, living in quarantine life, uh, uh, many of us may be, you know, have a stressful uh, time and cannot uh, control over our uh, many things. And that can be fear, fear of uh, losing controls. And did you know that uh, the domestic violence just increased tremendously? Because we haven't done and we haven't had this kind of lifestyle. We don't, we don't know how to deal with our family members. And one of the fear of losing control is that there was a tongue that I shared with you last week. But it's not, you know, a problem of our tongue, but it is problem of our heart. When we offer our heart to Jesus, he's expert to uh, deal with our hearts, right? He can, he can he's a like, like great physician to uh, have a, brand new heart whenever you offer our heart to Jesus. And today I want to talk about the, uh, uh, being free from 
fearing people. We do fear people. I admit that. I do fear people. I do fear members time to time, congregations. We do have fear. You know, one of the, the top fear that we have is that uh, public speaking, right? Many of us say the public speaking is one of the top fear that we have. Why, why is that? Because it has to do with fear of people, right? How people perceive what I say, you know, those kind of things, it can't it can really give us a fear. It has to do with fear of people. And my prayer is this. As we go through COVID-19, my prayer is this. God would prepare us to live different level of spiritual life. I mean, this is a different level of spiritual life. We would begin to fully aware God's presence, God's power, God's provision, God's perception as we face the life and, uh, and the post, I would say post-COVID-19 life. I pray rather than being too aware of how people perceive us, I pray that we begin to aware how God perceives us. I want to read that passage once again. Uh, fear of man would prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. What is a snare? It's like a trap, right? How can fear of man can be a snare? I'm sure there are many, but uh, simply to put, when we begin to fear man, we will begin to live our lives not according to God's standard. We will begin to compromise, saying everyone is living a certain way. Why should I bother to live as a Christian? So conformity can take place. We know Jesus' teaching is very radical, right? So he's actually demanding us a very different lifestyle. God's standards and the world standards are very different from each other. Just looking at the glimpse of Jesus' teaching in, in Matthew, uh, this is what he said. You have heard that uh, it was said, Eye for eyes and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. I mean, isn't this radical teaching? And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your clock as well. What are you trying to say here? Are you out of your mind? You know, maybe word may say that. If someone forced you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Wow, you want to waste your guests like that? <laughs> and give to one who asks you, and do not turn away from one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus' teaching was very radical. So if we fear man, it would not accomplish Jesus' calling. We would not live uh, according to what God called us to live. So I want to share with you three uh, 
action plan uh, to get rid of fear of man. First point is, uh, do not fear people, but fear the Lord. We should love people. We should serve people. Not, uh, they are not the object to uh, fear. Only person whom we need to fear is God, right? Matthew 10, 28 says, uh, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and the body. When you look at the church history, there were many uh, followers of Jesus. They were willing to give their life for the name of Jesus Christ. If they just deny the name of Jesus, they could continue to keep their lives, but they didn't. Why? Because they were not afraid of people. They had a reverential fear to God. That's why they could make those kind of uh, decisions. Even today, 21st century, many Christians are dying for the name of Jesus. Why? Because they have experienced the love of God through Jesus Christ. Every year, we have gun-related incidents in the U.S. About five years ago, you probably remember this incident. There was a guy named Chris Harper Mercer. He killed 10 people and injured seven people. It happened in Oregon, one of the small uh, community college. He began to ask this question before he shoot the people. Are you Christian? If the answer was yes, he pointed the, the, the gun to their head. You're going to meet your God within a second. They just shoot them. You know, whenever I like, encounter this kind of incident, I, I, I thought about, my, what if I'm in that situation? What do I say? What, 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 what do you want to say if you're in that situation? You would probably say, yes. Yes, I'm a Christian. Even though he was a mentally you know, manic person, uh, insane person. Not because you are not afraid of dying, but you loved for Jesus. That, that's, that's how I understand. Colossians, this is what Paul said, am I not trying to win approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Let me ask you, whose servant are you? Whose servant are you? Uh, let me tell you, let me remind you, in case you don't know, you are servant of Jesus Christ. If you gave your life to Christ, you are servant of Jesus Christ. Uh, let me ask another question. Are you disappointed to any person? And why did you get disappointed if you have disappointed to a person? Because you trust them. When we begin to trust people, will be disappointed. They are there to serve and love, not to trust. We got to only trust God, right? Psalm uh, said like this, do not put your trust in princes, in mortal men, who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed is he whose help is the, is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord, his God. 
Do not fear people, but fear the Lord. Second point I want to share uh, in order for us to get rid of the fear of people, always be aware of how God sees you. When we begin to understand this, we'll be free from fear of people. In the Old Testament, uh, God sent prophet Samuel to the house of Jesse to appoint a king after Saul. God had David in his mind. And Samuel asked God, how can I tell which son you have chosen as a king of Israel after Saul? And God told Samuel, you, I will tell you when you get there. And Samuel went to the house of Jesse. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. Nor does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God, the Lord, looks at the heart. See, we, we look at the outward appearance. Even Prophet Samuel did too. But God looked at the heart. This is the same teaching that Jesus uh, teaches in the New Testament. Though religious leaders, they were they concerned too much about their outward appearance, how people perceive them. But Jesus was talking about, Jesus was men- mentioned the importance of, of heart. How about us? We do judge people by outlook, right? What kind of car do they drive? What, what is their income? Uh, their outlook, their position, and so on and so forth. But God says the center of heart. Let me ask you this question, very important question. What's in your heart? Let, let me ask you differently. Who's in your heart? Who is in your heart? There was an African-American uh, boy uh, grow, growing up in a uh, small village, countryside village. One, one day, balloon seller visit this town. Many kids were excited to see the balloons of many colors. This balloon seller began to send off colorful balloons to the sky. Kids were cheering with excitement to observe the balloons in the sky. This African-American kid asked balloon seller, can this black balloon also fly like that, the other colored balloons? This balloon seller kindly answered him, it's not the color that determines how high it goes. It's the content inside of balloon. It's not how much we make. It's not how educated we are. It's not how we look, what kind of color scheme we have. It is a matter of what inside of us. Let me ask you again, what's in you? What's in you? Who is in the center of your heart? If you gave your life to Christ, Jesus Christ is in your heart. He's in your heart. He's center of your heart. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords of your life. In, in, in this life, there are many uh, misunderstandings. We often get mistreated by others due to the misunderstanding. I have many experiences like that too. It's not easy to go after each one of them and try to explain to them 
that was misunderstanding. You, 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 it wasn't really true. I mean, it's so hard to do that, right? But very encouraging to know that God knows everything. And he knows our heart. So you don't really have to go after them and explain everything. God knows. The important thing is how God perceives us. That's the important thing. Hebrew says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Nothing is in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. You know, we are like actors performing at the stage called life. And we have only one audience. That is our God. Let's be aware his presence. He loves you so much. And he is cheering for you. And last point that I want to make today is keep falling in God's unconditional love. Do you know this song? I keep falling in love with him. You know this song, Janet, right? Just, that's all song. Uh, Janet has all spirit, I guess. Yeah, you, you know the old song, new song. And, yeah, I love, you know, I used to sing this song. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. He gets sweeter than sweeter. As the days go by, oh, what a love be my Lord and I. I, I just keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. Beautiful song. Indeed. Christ came into my life when I was in like darkness. He approached to me and he held my hands and he showed me his love. That's how the, the journey of my faith started. I still remember the day I gave my life to Christ. And you know how this, the, I fell in love, this song actually begins? This is how it begins. When I first fell in love with him, when I, first loved, when I first fell in love with Jesus, and I gave him all my heart, I thought I could not love him more than I did right at the start. But I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. I thought that was the moment... That was it. I thought, I cannot give him more love. But as the time goes by, this relationship is getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And that is amazing. So my challenge to all of us today is just keep falling in his unconditional love over again and again and again. For John 4.10 says, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an anointing sacrifice for our sins. It is hard, so hard to fully comprehend, understand God's unconditional love. When you look at our lives, it proves. It proves. Let me ask this question. Do you try hard to keep Christian living? What do you think? If that is you, I would say you don't fully understand. You haven't fully understand God's unconditional love. It's not trying, but it is trusting. It's not knowing by head, but it's assuring by hearts. Do you know the unconditional love of God? What changes us 
It's not the law, but it, it is the love of God. You know, think about Peter in the New Testament. Uh, he knew Jesus by his head, but never fully understood Jesus in his heart. Later, he fully understood the love of God by his heart. Jesus visited Peter one day at his workplace. Remember what Peter said after he heard teaching of Jesus? Lord, depart from me. I'm a sinner. That's how he began his uh, faith journey with Jesus. He made so many mistakes. Peter made a mistake. reason that I like Peter, like, I mean, I can identify myself with Peter. Peter denied Jesus three times. I mean, he literally cursed Jesus for front of the little girl. Three times. But later he became one of the most powerful apostles in early church history, right? This incident, they changed his life. I think this is the incident. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you are talking about. Just as he was speaking the rooster crowd, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crowed today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside, wept bitterly. I believe this is the incident. They changed Peter's life. When Peter had an eye contact with Jesus, he fell unconditional love. Jesus didn't belittle Peter. He didn't ridicule Peter. Peter, what did I say? I told you I'm going to disown me. He didn't really say that. You know, his eye was telling him, sending a message. Peter, I understand. I understand your weakness, but it is okay. I know you. I love you. That incident really changed his life. God began the good work in our lives. You know what? He's walking together with us in this journey, the journey of faith. In the Summer Olympic uh, in Barcelona, Barcelona in 1992, uh, there was a runner named Derek Redman. He was representing the England. You probably saw his video footage. They touched many, many people. And Derek was the, in semi-final of the men's 400-meter uh, race. He was in the center range. He had a, like, you know, they don't put anybody in the center. Those people who had potential of winning the medal and who has higher rank or the, the record, they put them in the center. And he, he actually was running for the medal. But the, on the way, he pulled hamstring, hamstring and fell painfully to the ground. As the crowd watched the rest of the race, he picked himself up and began to limp. He knew that he's not going to win the medal, but he wanted to finish the race. He limped to the finish line. People were coming at him to try to help him. But he kept pushing people off. All of a sudden, there was a commotion in the crowd. And the man was coming out that the security guard was no match for. He busted through the, and ran on the track. It was Jim Redman, Derek's father. 
as he came alongside his son and put his arm around him and he whispered to his son, you don't have to do this alone, son. You don't have to do this alone, son. And they walked together to the finish, finish lane. After the race, Derek uh, Redman was interviewed and he said, my father was the only person who could have helped me because he understood everything that I had been through. Our Heavenly Father knows all. He understands. He understands your hardship. He understands your hurts. He understands your failures. I'm sure he's going to you know, tell us, my son, my daughter, don't pay too much attention on the audience. Just look at me. Just look at me. Since we have started this Christian journey together, we're going to finish it together. You know what? It's not really a matter of winning the medal. Some of us are very competitive, right? We've got to win the medal. No, no, no. It's okay not to win the medal as long as we can finish the race together with our Heavenly Father. Second Corinthians, Paul says in 5, For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all. And therefore all die. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Christian life became very simple. I've been crucified Christ. It's no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I live right now to forward, I live the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me conclude my message by just sharing with you one last passage. I love this passage, John, 1 John 1, 3 and 4. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. This, who wrote this for John? A guy named John, right? He was the beloved disciple of Jesus Christ. John loved Jesus, and Jesus loved John. And Barber Scholar said, John wrote for John by 80, like uh, 80s, AD 80s. Uh, so he was old. And he said, I proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. John saw Jesus. John spent time together with Jesus. John heard teaching of Jesus. Though he became old, he was still vibrant, still young in spirit. He kept the relationship with Jesus. And he said, I proclaim. He didn't say, I explain to you. No, no, no. He would say, I proclaim. He was assured of our Jesus. To John, Jesus was reality. Not hallucination. Not mystic, you know, like, oh, Scott, Jesus somewhere there is. No, no. He was reality. Because John saw him. Heard him, spent time together with him. What did he talk about? He said, our fellowship. That you also may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Fellowship. There's tendency, if you uh, spend years living in Christian life, you, there's tendency that you can be, become a religious monster. I'm not kidding. But John kept that vitality with Jesus because he was focused on not religious stuff, but 
relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what really matters. And he said, uh, we write this to make our joy complete. When we focus our attention on fellowship with our Lord Jesus Christ, he's going to give us joy. And joy means contentment, true satisfaction, right? I'm, when you're satisfied, you are only going to talk about Jesus, not anything else. We love to talk about other things besides Jesus. But when we are true, we focus on Jesus, we'll find joy and truly be satisfied. So as we go through COVID-19, I want all of us to learn the life lesson. Jesus is all I need. Jesus is all we need. I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. Let's go deeper and deeper with the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we join me in prayer. Lord, would you touch our heart today? Would you, Lord, reveal yourself today once again? How blessed, how loved we are, Lord. Thank you so much, Father God, for your unconditional love. While we're still in darkness, you came to save us. Lord, we have experienced the love from you. Help us to go deeper, deeper every day, especially as we go through this COVID-19. Father, help us to learn what's really important in this life. We want to admit, we want to profess our faith, Father, that you are the most important person in our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for being our God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.